With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in Outkick Podcast listeners. Go give us five stars on the podcast. Appreciate all of you listening. If we read your five-star podcast review, we are giving out special now five-star podcast review t-shirts that are exclusive only for people who gave us five stars that we read the review of. So, encourage you to go give us five stars. Be smart, be funny, be witty. Get Danny G's attention, and you may hear your review being read. Uh, We have got a loaded show for you. Jason Whitlock stops by, as he does every Tuesday, to talk about some of the controversy from his most recent column about uh, Katie Nolan and also Maria Taylor. Also, we'll be joined by Petros Papadakis, AM570 LA Sports. All that rolling your direction. Appreciate you hanging with us. This is Outkick. The podcast begins now. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Huge win. Last night to wrap up NFL Week 2 for the Raiders, they took it to the New Orleans Saints. This looked like a pretty talented Raiders team. Derek Carr, who prior to breaking his leg several years ago, looked like an elite-level quarterback, looked like an elite-level quarterback again. And if you are a Raider fan, this is the best your team has looked since John Gruden was hired, if you consider the caliber of the competition. The Saints, I know, didn't look necessarily that great, but they beat the Bucks in week one. They're sitting at one and one where they find themselves very often. And uh, look, Michael Thomas, this was why I told you on Fox Bet Live and why I said yesterday on the show, I said, if you look at the impact of elite level wide receivers in the NFL, I think right now we are underrating what they mean to the overall team. 
And yesterday I made this argument, but I want you to follow me down the line here. What we saw last night was the Saints were nowhere near the same team without Michael Thomas. And in fact, Drew Brees has only played one game ever without Michael Thomas when Michael Thomas has been in the NFL. And if you look at Deshaun Watson without DeAndre Hopkins this year, what does he look like? Just an okay quarterback. Meanwhile, if you look at Kyler Murray with DeAndre Hopkins this year, what does he look like? A pretty fantastic quarterback. 2-0 and for Kyler Murray with DeAndre Hopkins. 0-2 for Deshaun Watson without DeAndre Hopkins. How about the Minnesota Vikings? Look at what's going on right now with Kirk Cousins. 0-2 without Stephon Diggs. And you've got, uh, you've got the situation with Josh Allen in Buffalo where they are 2-0 and with Stephon Diggs. And that's why I told you that I like the Raiders plus the five points, plus the four points, plus the six points, whatever the number you got from your guy. And by the way, I hope your guy is FanDuel.com. Keep telling you guys this. Go to FanDuel.com slash Clay, my name, C-L-A-Y, and you get $1,000 free to gamble with if you're in one of the states where it's legal to gamble right now. And if you're not in a state where it's legal to gamble in right now, you go to FanDuel.com slash Clay, you sign up. As soon as it gets legal in your state, they'll let you know. But right now, if you're in Pennsylvania, if you're in New Jersey, if you're in Colorado, if you're in West Virginia, if you're in Indiana, if you're in Illinois, if you're in Iowa, all those places you're listening to me right now, a thousand free dollars, FanDuel.com slash Clay. You'll be hooked up. You'll be ready to roll. But the reason why I told you that I liked the Raiders last night was because I thought the Saints, without Michael Thomas, were going to look substantially worse, like we have seen the Texans without DeAndre Hopkins, and like we have seen the Minnesota Vikings without Stephon Diggs. Now, the positive is, for Saints fans, Michael Thomas is going to be back. And so, eventually, I think you will get rolling again. Right now, Drew Brees not hitting his stride. The offense doesn't feel like it's functioning as well as it could. More alarmingly, that defense got picked apart last night. It really did. Nobody could cover Darren Waller. But I think in general, as you work your way through, there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic about positive things that are headed in the direction of the Oakland Raiders. And I still think the Saints are going to be okay. And and that is why... I'm ready and prepared to go ahead and give you my top five and my bottom five in the NFL as we typically do most Tuesdays uh, during the course of this season. I didn't do it after week one, started a lot of moving parts, eventually meant to do it, and then I forgot. I'm going to be honest with you. So right now, what we're going to do to start off the show is now that we have seen the Raiders and we know exactly what's going on there, I'm going to go ahead and give you my top five and my bottom five in the NFL okay are you ready my number one team in the NFL right now the team that I think has looked better than anybody else is the Ravens the Ravens have been the best team in the NFL bar none I gotta tell you there is no way to quibble with anything that they have accomplished so far. They have been dominant against the Browns. They were dominant against the Texans. They look like they haven't skipped a beat since last season when they were on a roll. Ravens are the best team in the NFL right now. Second best team in the NFL right now. I think you have to go with the Packers. And the Packers have been dominant against two okay teams, probably, right? They beat the Vikings. 
and they handled the Vikings with ease, and that looked a little bit suspect because the Vikings weren't very good in Week 2. But the Packers also took care of the Lions pretty easily. So they are one of the few teams that's not only 2-0, and they're 2-0 and in their division. I think you have to put the Packers right now as the second-best team in the NFL. All right, who's the third-best team in the NFL? I would probably say right now it's the Seahawks. The Seahawks, uh, with the way Russell Wilson is playing, for a time during Sunday Night Football, he had more touchdown passes than he did interceptions. His only interception just went right through Greg Olson's hands. Right now, the Seahawks, nine touchdown passes with Russell Wilson. He's the leader in the clubhouse to be the MVP. Nine touchdown passes, one interception, and again, that pick wasn't his fault. He's playing next-level football. I have questions about the Seahawks' defense, particularly with the Irvin injury and whether or not they're going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback as it comes down the stretch. Certainly, the NFC West is an incredibly talented division as well, but I would say right now the Seahawks have looked better than anybody else in the NFC West. In the four spot, I'm sticking in the NFC West. About the Rams. They beat the Cowboys in week one, and then they went on the road and they absolutely dominated the Philadelphia Eagles. The Rams are already 2-0 and against the NFC East. It's a shame that they don't get to play in the NFC East because I think they would likely be the number one division winner there. They get to host a home playoff game. And then right now in the five spot, I understand some of you are going to say, oh, Clay, you're crazy. There's no way to justify this. I think if you look in the five spot right now, I think you have to go with the Arizona Cardinals. So I've got three teams from the NFC West right now in my top five. Now, teams that are just outside the top five, deserving of some attention, I think based on their records. Again, I think that you could say the Raiders, believe it or not, with their two wins, although I'm not sold at all on uh, the, uh, the Carolina Panthers and the Raiders were arguably fortunate to win that game. The Chiefs, I believe, will be one of the top teams in the NFL. But I don't think if you're a Chiefs fan and you watch the way your team played against the Chargers, I don't think you can leave that game thinking, oh, we looked so phenomenal. There's no way to to attack our position there. So I would go with uh, the Chiefs outside of the top five right now. I would go with the Steelers outside of the top five right now. Yes, you're 2-0, but as I said earlier in the week, it's a wobbly 2-0. The Bills are 2-0, but I'm not really sold on the Bills at 2-0, and the Titans are 2-0, but I'm not really sold on those teams either. That's all the 2-0 teams right now. So I would say the five teams, the Ravens, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Cardinals are right now the five teams that are deserving of the most attention for being the best out there. What about the, the, the list of sadness, as I call it? Who are the five worst teams in the NFL right now as you sort of count down and try to approximate who's actually been really bad, who's really bad? The Jets are the worst team in the NFL. I'm sorry, Jets fans. I think even Jets fans are kind of nodding. You're like, you know what? There has not been very much of a reason at all to feel good about your team if you are a Jets fan. So I think the Jets right now are the worst team in the NFL. I would also say, and this is a little bit unfortunate for the city of New York, the Giants are bad. And they weren't awful in the first game, and they were competitive against the Bears. 
And by the way, the Bears are also 2-0 and if I left them out. I can't remember if I did or not, but they're wobbly. They could easily be 0-2. But with the loss of Saquon Barkley, I feel like you are putting so much more additional stress onto Daniel Jones, and already you didn't have a large margin for error. So the two worst teams, I think, in the NFL right now, I'm sorry, New York City, I believe the Giants and the Jets are the two worst teams in the NFL right now. Uh, Then it gets a little bit complicated, but I'm going to have to put the Eagles here. And I think it's crazy because Carson Wentz has got a $100 million contract, but if you just look at what's going on this year, you lost to the Washington football team, and other than the first half against that team where you were up 17-0 before you fell apart and Carson Wentz got sacked eight times and he got hit 13 times, this has looked like a really bad football team for the other six quarters. The NFC East is atrocious, but I think you got to put the Eagles there as the third worst team in the NFL right now, counting backwards. And then this is a little bit unfair because I feel like they have played two really tough teams, but, you know, I mean, when you really break it down, the last two teams are probably going to have a lot of movement on this part. I think you have to put the Dolphins in, even though they were fairly competitive so far. They did lose both of those games, and I just haven't been that impressed by the Dolphins so far. And then I think you probably have to slide in the Broncos. Even though the Broncos have been super competitive, I think you have to factor in Drew Locke. And it's possible that the Titans and... You know what? I'm going to take the Broncos out. Because the Broncos have lost to teams that are 4-0. The Steelers and the Titans haven't lost to anybody else. And, uh, and, and I think I probably have to slide in as I look at my list that I have you know, kind of, kind of here and I sometimes make decisions on the fly. I think you probably have to slide in the Lions just given how bad they looked. And I I hate to do that because the Lions should have beaten the Bears and there are a lot of teams through here. Uh, So I'm going to scratch out the Lions and I'm going to go with the Bengals. All right. I do think there's a lot of reason for optimism and that's why I hate to, you know, kind of bring in the Bengals and even take a shot at them here. Uh, But that's an improvement to not be the worst. So my bottom five teams counting down, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Giants, and the Jets. There are many teams that are in the running here. The Lions are in the running. The Broncos are in the running. The Texans are in the running. But you look at some of the teams that those guys have played against. For instance, I think the Texans have been bad. But how many teams could look bad playing the Chiefs and the Ravens back-to-back weeks? And by the way, six days from now, how good is that for a Monday night football game in week three, Chiefs-Ravens? Might be the game of the year in the third week of the season to be able to see exactly what's going to go on there. I can't wait to see how that process is going to play itself out. So in general, that is where we are heading. By the way, remember the Texans have to go to Pittsburgh too. I told you before the season started, one of my predictions on this show, I said, I think the Texans are starting two and five or one and six. And part of that's because DeAndre Hopkins is going to be gone, but also because their front loaded schedule is so brutal that probably the only team they're going to be favored to beat is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, if you're a Texans fan right now, and I know they've had a couple of years where they have started slow, but if you look at this schedule and you consider the way that they have played, I don't know who Bill O'Brien must have, what he must have done. He got the Nebraska schedule of the NFL because you go on the road against the Steelers Sunday. Tough to win in Pittsburgh no matter what. That's a tough situation. 
Then the Vikings come to town. Maybe that's a game the Texans could be expected to win. They could be 0-3. They could be 1-2. The Titans go on the road against the Vikings. Then the Jags come to town, and that's a game you felt like, oh, we should be able to win that one. But right now, the Jags have looked better than the Texans. I've loved what I've seen from Gardner Minshew. And then the Texans go on the road against the Titans. That's a tough game. And then the Packers come to town, and then they go on the road against the Jags. So that's the first eight. I mean, I really see the Texans as sitting at two and six, maybe one and seven. I'm just I'm just telling you, this is an ugly situation for the Texans, and I think it's going to continue to bring back the fact that Bill O'Brien chose to trade away DeAndre Hopkins because of how good the Cardinals have looked so far. So let me run through the top five again. Now that we've got NFL Week 2 in the books, we're going to bring in Danny G here in a minute. He's been chomping at the bit. I'll give him an opportunity uh, to talk about how amazing his Raiders looked. And then, by the way, Jason Whitlock's going to join us at the end of the hour, and he'll hang with us for hour two as well. And then we, as always, on Tuesday, as we always do, we'll talk with Petros Papadakis in hour three. That is where we are headed. Thanks for chilling with us. What a week of NFL football. Thank God, SEC football and more. College football is back. It's a good time to be a sports fan. And we're hanging with you here on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy do you love selena like really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
and Stan we do over three whole episodes of our podcast Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I just ran through uh, the week in the NFL. I gave you my top five, my bottom five. Usually I talk about that uh, with Danny G a lot. Uh, We got a loaded show. Jason Whitlock's going to join us at the bottom of the hours. I just said he's going to hang out with us in hour two. Petros Papadakis will be with us in hour three. But I wanted to bring in the king of Raider Nation, uh, Danny G, and allow him to to exult over the Raiders being 2-0. I mean, look, I don't think there's any doubt this is the biggest and best win that John Gruden has had since he came back to coach the Raiders. Derek Carr looked phenomenal. Waller couldn't be covered. Uh, Josh Jacobs continues to evolve. Henry Ruggs, a big threat downfield. Everybody has to respect him. How would you assess the performance that your team put up in their first home game in Las Vegas? Pretty impressive. There's been so many times the past few years where you invited me in to try to explain away what went wrong and what was bad. It's nice for a change to see the Raiders' whole team have confidence. You saw that defense kind of, uh, not kind of, they got gashed in the first quarter. The team came alive in the second quarter. And then that defense, they were really bend but don't break in the second half of the game. And that's such a huge difference for us Raider fans because we're used to seeing our defense melt down during crunch time. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt. And and I would say this, I mean, um, as you look at the uh, overall sort of landscape of the NFL right now, there's going to, first of all, whether or not you can stay healthy is always a big deal in the NFL. But I think it's on a different level now, and I'm not even necessarily sure that that's directly connected to COVID, although maybe there will be some teams that have health issues related to the coronavirus before all is said and done. But guys are dropping like flies right now. Part of it is just getting back into football shape is different than being in training camp. And maybe they're going to have to go back and look at the data and the analytics and say, okay, I know fans don't necessarily like the preseason, but is that an important opportunity for players to kind of ramp up their physicality so that in week one, they're playing a quarter in week two, they're playing two quarters. Does that actually limit the overall number of injuries or not? I don't know because you know this, Danny G. uh, There's a lot of years where guys get hurt in preseason games and what we all say is, oh, there it happened again. Guys down with an injury in another meaningless preseason game. That's what we say all the time. And so as you kind of look at uh, at this scenario, I hope analytically people are smart enough to consider a six-week period, right? Look at the four preseason games, count the first two regular season games, and look at the injuries that occur over the course of that six weeks. But there are, I believe I'm correct in this, Dub, you can do a uh, you can do a check for me and let me know if I'm right. I think there are right now 11 2-0 teams, if I'm not mistaken. And among those 11 2-0 teams, there are a lot of fan bases that are ecstatic, and there are some fan bases that are recognizing, hey, we're 2-0. We're I would put the Titans among this group. I would put uh, I would put the Steelers among this group. I would put the Bears in that group. They could easily be 0-2. You know, you change a couple of plays, and the difference between being 2-0 and 0-2 and is, uh, is minuscule. But for those 11... Would you have believed, Danny G, that your Raiders were going to be one of the teams that had that was two and zero coming in? 
and that you would be, by the way, uh, right up there on an even playing field and almost even above the uh, the Chiefs after their near loss on the road against the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I can honestly say I did, and anyone who has followed my social media knows that I was big on this team because of the off-season additions they made on defense. The Corey Littleton snagging away from the Rams, that was a big deal. Uh, they drafted pretty well. They definitely focused on trying to shore up that defense, and they got a couple of great linebackers, although the guy they snagged from the Chicago Bears is hurt, to go along with what you were talking about with injuries. You guys mentioned it on FS1 yesterday morning that the Raiders lost Trent Brown and his backup on the offensive line in week one, and also Henry Ruggs got hurt. He played through it, and then you saw Josh Jacobs get injured in the second half, and Dude, how tough is that guy, Clay? Alabama's finest. He still went out there and balled out to run down the clock. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I've got him on my fantasy team. So every time, you know, the, the injury bug is going to change. I was, you know, I was talking about who's going to win divisions and who's going to be in the playoffs and everything else. I mean, there's a lot of people out there uh, in big money fantasy leagues are just competitive fantasy leagues out there where, you know, usually you wait until the end of the preseason to have your draft in the event that somebody gets hurt. But man, I mean, yep. some of these hits, whether you're talking about Christian McCaffrey, uh, whether you're talking about uh, Bosa, whether you're, uh, whether you're talking about potentially having a guy like uh, Drew Locke out for a while. So if you've got receivers out there in Denver trying to figure out exactly what's going on, and certainly Saquon Barkley is one of the top draft picks that everybody takes every single year based on his performance to have him gone this early in the season. I mean, it's just a, it's a mash unit out there, and, and I don't think it's going to change uh, anytime soon at all. What do you think, by the way, uh, Danny G? We, we're going to talk about this, I think, with Petros, but I thought Justin Herbert was one of the most impressive performers in Week 2 overall. What he did coming in without really much of an expectation that he was going to play, uh, being able to have the success that he did, and then having Anthony Lynn basically say, hey, we expected to win this game, we still lost, and as a result, Tyrod Taylor is going to be our starting quarterback. That seems kind of crazy to me, doesn't it? To you as well? Yes. It's not easy for me to admit being a Raiders fan, but I'm one of the handful of people that watched Hard Knocks, and I was impressed with Coach Lynn. The fact that they were able to do what they did to the Chiefs a couple of days ago really impressed me. If Herbert could just get that one play back, not try to do too much on that play. He could have scrambled for 10 yards. They could have kept the drive going. It was really similar to the time in the game where you saw Jalen Richard fumbled for the Raiders. That, yep. that one part of the game where you're about to get over the hump and either you're going to blow it and give it back to the star quarterback on the other sideline or you're going to take it home. Uh, the, the one thing that really bugged me watching the game last night was the fact that there were no – crazy 65,000 Raider fans inside that brand new amazing stadium. Can you imagine how nuts that place would have went after that 54-yard field goal by Carlson? What did you think about that decision? Because I was watching that with my my 10-year-old, and I turned to him and I said – you know, I we talked earlier, like I had the Raiders. I thought the Raiders were going to cover. I liked them in this game. But – you think about that 54-yard field goal. It can get blocked. You can miss it. And with only one minute left, you're giving the ball near midfield to Drew Brees in that offense that just went down the field so rapidly. 
I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think there, even knowing how good of a field goal kicker Carlson is, I think I would have punted them deep, tried to pin them inside the 10 with basically a minute to go, needing to go 90 yards. I think I would have liked my chances uh, doing that. But to, to, to Gruden's credit, he got it right, and Carlson boomed it through. What were you thinking? Not to mention bad snap, blocked field goal. You know, like there are a lot of different directions that could have gone other than what it did. When it was being debated on the TV screen by the broadcast crew, you know, would you do this? I don't know about this. Uh, and they were going back and forth on it, and those were my feelings. I was kind of torn. But at the same time, that Raiders defense is a couple of years behind the Raiders offense. I think yep. we knew, and you did a good job on FS1, and a couple of your co-hosts did as well, saying, hey, the Raiders can stay in this game because they can score points. Two weeks in a row, they scored 34 points. The problem is, once your team switches to that prevent defense, like the Raiders started doing towards the end of the fourth quarter, I was screaming at my TV. I, I, that's when I hate Paul Gunther's guts. And it almost reminds me of Oscar De La Hoya, where we would be rooting for him. He, he'd fight an awesome, you know, first half plus of the match. And then he would run around the ring, you know, for the last few rounds trying to just avoid losing. And I hate that. And the Raiders and John Gruden have done that before. They'll get a lead, and then they just try to milk the clock. You could pick up one first down literally and win the game, but sometimes Gruden makes Raider fans have near heart attacks. I'm happy that kick went through for Carlson, and I also heard on TV that his wife was giving birth to their child last night. He was on his way to the hospital. Imagine that night. You kick the field goal (laughs) to get the first win in Las Vegas history, then you get rushed to the hospital to have your wife deliver your child. Yeah, that's a hell of a uh, that's a hell of a night. Better better than most people's <laughs> nights uh, that that are uh, that are listening to us right now. But that's a uh, that's a heck of a tandem, and uh, it's certainly an incredible story for that kid to be able to uh, to think about and experience for uh, for the rest of their life what that uh, what that feeling uh, would be like to be a dad and a mom in in that scenario. But again. If I'm Gruden, I am not making that risky decision. I am choosing to, <laughs> I'm choosing to take the safe path. I think there, uh, rather than to uh, to try to kick the field goal. And I was thinking from a gambling perspective, I'm like, man, the only way I lose here, because this is the way gamblers think, is if this kick gets blocked, then somehow the uh, the the Saints go down and put this game into overtime, and then in overtime they win the toss and they get the first possession. And then they go down and score a touchdown. Then they cover. It would have been a brutal beat. So I was trying to think conservatively and make them go 90 yards. Uh, I bet, I know, uh, Dub was probably thinking the same thing. That's what gamblers do. Like we're when we're not immediately committed to any particular team, we're just kind of working through the process of what exactly might end up happening uh, before all is said and done. Uh, I think I teased you a little bit about the Anthony Lynn decision Does that seem crazy to you to stick with Tyrod Taylor, even though Justin Herbert, say for one bad call, uh, one bad decision, I should say, we don't know what the call was, but he was running. He could have easily gotten the first down. He decided to throw it down to the goal line, and it was intercepted. How in the world can Lynn go back to Taylor? If his chest heals or his ribs, whatever it is, I feel like I saw enough from Herbert and enough confidence to where I would start him. How yeah. how can you go to Taylor? Uh, I, I kind of feel the same thing. I mean, I feel the same way that if they make the decision to go uh, in a different direction there, 
he's risking losing the team because they all watch the film. And I think there are things Justin Herbert does that, that Taylor can't. Now, if you want to come out and say, hey, you know, as good as he might have played in this game, he's still young. We need him to have a lot more reps in practice. This is a different kind of year than any year before. I think it makes more sense to have a veteran out there. He knows the offense better. He's been able to learn it better. All of those things could make sense if you're Anthony Lynn. But the way that he answered that, and we'll talk about this some with Jason Whitlock coming up in our conversation as we break down the NFL, the way he answered that I did not think was particularly ideal. Uh, Danny G., uh, congratulations to your Raiders on being 2-0. and I think you're going to enjoy Jason yeah. Whitlock as he slides in and hangs out with us here. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy do you love selena like really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. A bunch of different topics to get into surrounding the NFL, but so much of the discussion uh, has focused on that spectacular game on Sunday night between two great uh, quarterbacks that evidently two great coaches, a rivalry that has been going on between the Seahawks and the Patriots. Russell Wilson, five touchdown passes for a while there. He had more touchdown passes than he did interceptions on Sunday night. Uh, what did you think of that game overall, Jason Whitlock? And 
were you as riveted to your seat as I was to watch it come down to the final play, Cam trying to run the ball in? That's as good of a football game as I have seen in a very long time. Great football game. The NFL has gotten off to a really solid start given the COVID conditions and given the racial unrest. The actual quality of play has been strong, and the number one reason for that is the referees are trying their best to stay out of it. And when the referees aren't papering the game with yellow flags, the NFL is a hell of a product, and particularly when you have Bill Belichick uh, working with Cam Newton for the first time. That's what an incredible story that is. Cam, can he come back and play at a high level? Can he work with a Bill Belichick? And then on the other side, Seattle has finally completely turned this team over to Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson is just playing lights out. I think he's got nine touchdown passes in the first two games. That interception he threw last night wasn't on him. Greg Olson let the ball go through his hands. It turns into a pick six. Russell Wilson, to me, is just off to an incredible start. He's going to win the MVP. I'm calling it now. Maybe Aaron Rodgers can catch him. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was just an incredible collision between Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick and Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. Cam, I would say, given his early performance, is off the charts relative to what you could have expected. And let me explain what I mean by that. Usually the Patriots in September and October kind of sleepwalk through the way they began the season. What they did on offense on uh, Sunday night against the Seahawks was as good or better than they ever were all of last season on offense. Cam, nearly 400 yards passing. He's got four rushing touchdowns, I think. Uh, There is no way that you could have expected, I think, if you are a Patriots fan, for this early. Remember, Cam wasn't there for a huge amount of the offseason, everything else. For him to come in and play as well as he had in week one and week two is, I think, completely off the charts. Now, where his ceiling can go from here, we will see. Now that people get used to some of what the Patriots are doing, obviously you have to be able to consistently perform going forward. But how would you assess Cam Newton's performance thus far as we sit now? We're one-eighth of the way through the season. It's still early, but there's at least two early uh, games to be able to review. I think he's exceeded expectations, no question about it. However, and and I don't say this as a caution or a criticism of Cam, let's just deal with the reality. Injuries have been the issue for Cam Newton over the last few years. And so I heard a bunch of people on Monday, oh, my God, you know, everybody looks stupid. How come they didn't sign Cam? Why was Bill Belichick the only smart guy to do it? And the people didn't sign Cam because he just hasn't been healthy for the NFL marathon, and it's yet to be seen whether he can be. Point number two is I think he's been dropped into the absolute perfect situation. They have a structure and a system in New England. Bill Belichick's in control of everything. The 52, 53 guys on that roster – uh, jump when he says jump and the whole, and so Cam's just dropped into a situation, a moving car. And all he has to do is be a healthy Cam Newton and he'll have success. 
I don't know if that's the case in all these other potential cities. I kind of wanted Cam to go to the Los Angeles Chargers. I thought he would be a great fit there. I actually thought literally that Dallas should have moved on from Dak Prescott and gone with Cam and Andy Dalton. And if it didn't work out, draft a quarterback. Those were the two spots I thought you know Cam maybe should have gone. In hindsight, teaming up with Bill Belichick and that structure and system they have there, perfect move for Cam Newton. Everybody, when they get divorced, tries to win the post-divorce. And I've been saying for a while that basically what we've got with Belichick and Brady is both of them are trying to prove, oh, no, 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 I was the reason why this was a power couple, right? I was the, I was the integral part of this relationship. Early read from you on Brady versus Belichick and who is winning. To me, after two weeks, Belichick looks much more integral with the way he's been able to get his team rolling than what I've seen from Tom Brady. Do you agree or disagree? I I think the Patriots have had two really strong performances. Losing in Seattle, not a blemish, and particularly they were one yard away from winning. Uh, Tom Brady, I watched the first half of his game with the Carolina Panthers very closely. He looked good. He, he, he had a bad first series, and then he looked good. The rest of the first half looked really good. Uh, slowed down in the second half. Belichick, to me, clearly has a lead, but he hasn't lapped Tom Brady. I'm not ready to call the race or say that Belichick's taking control of the race. Uh, Tampa Bay is an interesting team. Their defense is better than I think people understand, and I think their offense is only going to get better. What what Brady has added to Tampa Bay that I see just visibly is like everybody else on that roster has stepped up their play because Tom Brady's on that team and they want to meet his standard. Indomitian Sue is playing the best football I've ever seen him play, or he did on Sunday. And so I think that's a byproduct of having Tom Brady on that roster. So there's some intangible things that I think you have to weigh into what's going on with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Uh, So far, Belichick's off to a nice lead, but uh, Brady's not out of the race. Um, this is interesting as we uh, as we kind of go forward, and we'll we'll bring you back for the hour two as we typically do. We're talking with Jason Whitlock. Um, I want to get into a bunch of different stories with you. Uh, I want to talk about your column about Katie Nolan. Uh, I want to talk about uh, what in the world happened with the Falcons allowing that ball to continue to roll. Who you have been impressed by the most? You wrote a column breaking down everything in the NFL so far. Uh, also, Rachel Nichols is mad at the NBA because they. They didn't honor uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg on her death. So many different wacky stories that are out there. We're going to dive into all of them for the return of Hour 2. But as we go to break, I would tell you, if you love this show, if you like the content that we are producing on a regular basis, I would tell you right now, you need to be out there. Subscribe to the Outkick VIP. What kind of value do they get, Jason Whitlock? Well, they get Zoom calls and private conversations with us. 
uh, hotline number uh, for OutKick. And look, we're gonna as soon as this COVID thing fully breaks, and it looks like it's breaking. I I saw the stuff you tweeted last night yep. about Tennessee. We're gonna have some very special events that I think people are gonna want to be a part of. Uh, I, I'm hoping people are paying attention to Club Pro Guy, who we've added to the team, and, and the fun and the humor we're about to add to the site. I, look, I just think we're going to be the most fearless, authentic, and fun place to be for a sports fan. That's why you should support us. There's no doubt. Sign up for Outkick VIP today. More with Jason Whitlock when we come back. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.